Welcome back to a freshly squeezed episode of the Flowscape Podcast. I am Sawyer Stinchfield, and with me today, as always, is Spencer Brown. How, buddy, how's how's the golf game? You know, it's actually, it's coming together. I played a couple times over the weekend. I was at a bachelor party for one of our longtime listeners and short-time followers, Ben Riemann. So we got to play a couple times out there. However, I forgot my driver head. Yeah. Okay. So when we went to Arizona, I asked you, or I said, I'm bringing both my drivers. And you said, why? And I said, I just, just in case. And then I ended up not doing it. And then some epoxy got loose in my driver head that weekend. And I should have done it. And then here you are this weekend, not even bringing the head to one. <laughs> well, yeah, because uh, for my excuse, so I take the head off to travel because it fits better in my travel case. So normally I stuff it in the side of my golf bag, but I uh, was a little preoccupied and didn't leave myself enough time. So I was rush packing and didn't stick the head back into the golf bag. So uh, teed off with my three hybrid all weekend, but still. You know, played okay. You just used it. You didn't borrow somebody's driver. You just used a three hybrid the entire weekend. Yeah, just used my three hybrid. So got pretty good with that. Uh, yeah, shot an 80, oh, 85 that... the first day, and then uh, we actually took it in the bachelor party. Me, me, little Sammy Reeman and Dylan Curtis took the win. Didn't have to pay for dinner. Well, okay. So I need. I also need to address something. I am. I am not offended that I did not get invited, Reams, because I'm not shitting in a hole. I'm not. I'm not shitting in a hole. You camped, and you. When I said, when I asked you, did you camp? Camp? You said, I shit in a hole, and I said, I'm not doing that. Never. Yeah, that never happened. doing that. If there's not running, if there's not running water and plumbing, I'm not going. We literally just drove up a dirt road, turned off it, and set up camp. No, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm so glad I was not there for that part. So glad. I, I, I'm, I'm upset I was not there for the golf because I love golf. Um, but I'm very glad I was not there for the digging of holes and squatting and shitting. I'm not doing that. It's just not happening. Yeah, that was an Why? experience. Why? It was, it was definitely an experience. It was just out with the boys, just out, out in nature. I, I gotta have my squatty potty. I gotta, I gotta have, I gotta have my squatty potty. I mean, you could have. You just had to would right over the hole, I suppose. Uh, no, no. Spe- speaking of golf, I just, I just told you this. I, uh, I'm leaving for Israel Friday morning. I told myself that l- l- last Thursday, I believe it was, was going to be my last round, just because I have so much shit to do this week to, to get prepared to go. And then I convinced myself that Monday morning was going to be my last round of golf. Um, and then I played again today, this morning. Uh, so, so, um, then about halfway through the round this morning, um, I convinced myself that today was going to be the round of golf and there might be one more happening tomorrow morning. Um, I just came to the quick realization that the two things I will not get to do for seven weeks, six and a half weeks is play golf and eat chick um, so I am just pounding number three, 12 count larges with a diet, Dr. Pepper every single day and trying in to work in as, as much golf as possible. Um, but I have figured out, I love teeing off by 7am. Yeah. I do like the morning a, tea times. I've actually, yeah, it's kind of nice. Yeah. A it's Texas. And so it gets by 1030. It's hot as fuck. Um, and B it is a very nice feeling getting off a golf course and seeing that you have the entire day to do whatever you want. Like today we were done by 1030 
And I was like, okay, I like, I don't feel bad playing 18 because it's not like it's three o'clock in the afternoon. Like I have the, I have the entire day, enough time to get back here, set up a podcast with you and then record one and then go coach. Yeah. Peels and I, so, I mean, Peels, it's, Peels and I played at seven forty, and we still had time to drive to steamboat afterwards. <laughs> that, that, I mean, and that's even late. I did. So I teed off at six twenty seven the, uh, the other morning and it was fine. I was with it was like me and another guy teed off. We were done. We were out of there by like nine forty five. It was it was fantastic. But I'm I am I, I I'm doing the thing where I told myself no more. You're good. You don't need any more rounds. You'll you'll be fine till you get back. And I'm just beating my back to death trying to <laughs> trying to get as much golf in as I can. Speaking of getting beat to death, the Vegas Golden Knights are absolutely beating the shit out of the Panthers currently. Um, by the time you listen to this, the Vegas Golden Knights could very well be the Stanley Cup champions. They, it is game five tonight. They are up three to one. Um, and I will fully admit to everyone here that I was wrong about them being frauds. Um, and they are a very well built Stanley Cup team. Um, but their fans are still fucking scumbags. So I will not take that back, but I will take back that their team were frauds. Um, but I'm not taking that back. Scumbag fans. Uh, but yeah, you could. We could very well be seeing Vegas hoist the Stanley Cup tonight. Yeah, I'm gonna also have to apologize to Vegas fans because I definitely said on this podcast that Se- I'm not apologizing to the fans. I'm apologizing to the team. Well, I said I'm Seattle, sure a lot of them listen. I said Seattle was gonna win a Stanley Cup before them, and it does not seem like that is going to be the case. I think they. I don't know, man. It's you. Oh yeah, you were on record as saying Seattle is going to win a Stanley Cup before Vegas does. But they just they shoved that right up my hoop with big man hockey and just absolutely bullying the Panthers into what's a three one stranglehold right now as of as we're recording. So a lot. So similar. So during the season, similar to Seattle and like the Kings. I don't watch a lot of Vegas games just because it's so late here by the time they're they're on at 10 o'clock most of the time. I did not realize, even for the playoffs, as much as I was watching during the, them during the playoffs the first couple of rounds, until I went to the game, until, until I actually sat lower bowl at the Dallas game and saw how physically fucking big those guys are, I had no clue. And it sounds dumb. But everybody, uh, every unless you're unless you're Marcheseau size, everybody looks the same on TV. Yeah. Until they do a close up of the scrum, unless you're Lomberg or Marcheseau, everybody looks the same. So until I was like actually seven rows away from the glass and saw the size difference between the two teams, top to bottom, I was like, "Whole okay, this makes a little bit more sense to me now." They are fucking huge. I mean, all you have to do is see literally Racco Gudis get absolutely trucked by somebody. That dude is a monster, and he got absolutely trucked. It was Barbashev. Yeah. It was Barbashev. Like, even a and skill guy, and then, like, It's just like, oh, my yeah. God, these guys are absolutely just like woolly, bearded mammoths going down the ice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 crazy. So it's it's so I, I uh, alluded, like, made it seem like this. So it's the bully is now getting bullied. So Florida was like the kid at school that no one wanted to fuck with. And he was kicking a lot of kids' asses. And he thinks he's the man and he's fucking knocking lunch trays off kids and he's taking some lunch money. And then all of a sudden, this new kid from out of town that no one knows about moves in to the neighborhood and he shows up at school one day and he goes to get bullied and that lunch tray just gets fucking whacked over the side of his head. 
And then everyone is standing around in that school going, holy shit, which is exactly what's going on. Florida bullied a lot of teams, and they bullied a lot of teams as playoffs. And now they are getting bullied by somebody who is moved into their town and said, this is, this is going to be ours. Yeah, not to mention Aiden Hill has an absolute horseshoe up his ass right now and is saving everything and anything that's getting shot at him. And Bobrovsky has forgotten how to lift his glove. You can't even see the net when Aiden Hill's in the proper position. It's nuts. There's he's no playing holes. so There's good. There's no holes. It's and it's and he's so big. And it's calm. He's playing so it's good calm and it's so goalie, big. Like he's eating everything. His rebound control has been absolutely impeccable. And the scouting report on Bobrovsky is clearly shoot high and shoot often because that's all Vegas is doing and it's going in. Yeah. Now the salary cap thing is. It, listen, it, it's dumb. And they are clearly well over the cap, but it's it's a it's it's built into the rules, so you can't be too mad about it. Tampa Tampa did it for years. Yeah, they Kucheroved um, probably a people, some people. I I would think that the league is going to take a look at it. I don't think it's going to change this year, but I think I think if Vegas actually does not shit the bed here and pulls off the the win. Um, I, I think the league will, will over the next year or two really sit down and go, okay, we can't really have, if we're going to have a salary cap, the salary cap needs to be a thing, not just for the regular season. Otherwise you need to have, you need to split it and you need to find a way where there is two caps. We have a regular season cap and then this, we have built in playoff cap, whatever. I don't know how the fuck that would work. We all know I'm a great math guy. Um, but nonetheless, here's what we need to look at for both teams. So there's a, quite a few UFAs for both teams. So both teams could look a lot different after this year. Oh, absolutely. So this Stanley cup win, this Stanley cup win has some pretty big implications for both teams. Um, the one thing Florida you'll see uh, has on their side is youth, but um, for UFAs on Vegas, Carrier is a UFA. Marcia. So is a UFA. Chandler Stevenson is a UFA. Amadio, who has turned out to be a really good depth center for them is a UFA. And Alec Martinez is a UFA. So that is, Literally one, three, four of the five UFAs have been, oh, and Ben Hunton, but he's, he's up and down. But Martinez, Stevenson, Marshall and Carrier are, have been there pretty much the backbone of their team this year. Um, other than Eichel, um, Stone was hurt. Um, but so those are some big names. Um, and I don't think you're keeping all of them. I think a guy like Chandler Stevenson probably goes somewhere else. Or if he doesn't, a guy like Carrier probably does. Now, other is Marcheseau going to want to get paid? Yeah, he and he's going to he's going to deserve it fucking, too. And he's been fucking tearing it up. So, are they going to want to distribute that money a little bit over the other guys and keep them and keep their depth, or are they going to want to pay a guy like Marcheseau? Or are they fine if they win the cup? Are they fine with letting a guy like him walk and a guy like Martinez potentially walk as well? Which would make a little bit of sense. I would be a little bit more able to stomach that as a front office owner or fan if we win the cup and it's like all right listen it took us we, we blew our load the first year we so many western conference finals appearances didn't even make it to the playoffs last year and pretty much blew our load doing it this year with money that uh, it, they're not going to look the same yeah it's just it's hard for me to say think that they're going to chip marshall out just because one thing they get accused of being all the time is being disloyal to their entire organization, just shipping guys out all the time. So hopefully they can break that kind of spell and actually just pay the man that that's going to probably win the, win them this cup. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they did, if they spread the money yeah. out and then the guys that want to get paid are gone. But everyone else is signed through at least 2025 or is an RFA. 
Um, so Florida's UFAs, though, Duclair, Lomberg, Reinhardt, Verhage, Cousins, Montour, and Forsling. You Ooh. can't keep all those guys. You cannot keep all those guys. I would assume Duclair's probably gone. Yeah. I would assume there's a team out there that needs him. And a, 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 actually, a, a team like Dallas, a team like Dallas or Toronto would be a great landing spot for Duclair. Mm-hmm. He would look great in in Victory Green, and I think that system fits him really, really well. Um, Lomberg, I think, is going to go because he's getting he's under he's mm-hmm. nine he's nine making nine hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, he's a, underpaid. He's, so, somebody that's will expen- give him that's an expendable million, player. Yeah. Verhage going to get paid. Yep. Um, he was their man this year. Um, Montour's going to get paid. Yep. And you would assume they would like to keep Forsling as well. Um, I think those are two key pieces to their defense, which I've seen, which they have seen playing Vegas is a key to winning a Stanley Cup because they are not as deep at defense like Dallas wasn't against Vegas, which is their problem. So they need to find a way to keep those two guys. Um, I would, I would think they, if they have to, they take Reinhardt over Cousins, right? Uh, well, Cousins is younger. If they have to, if they ha- they would like to keep both. I think I think the two we're looking at it actually going are Duclair and Lombard. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. But yeah, I think I don't know that the cousins Reinhardt because they're kind of the same player. So I think that's one of those situations where they might invest in a younger guy and let let Reinhardt go someplace else. But I I'm sure that yeah they like I'd like to see them both stay there because I think they both kind of fit that frame with with Kachuk and Bennett and everybody. Both have also been a little non-existent this playoff. This yeah, season. I think there's so I think there's, there's some that. injuries on the Florida side that are going to come out afterwards. I but it's just because they're playing against men. Yeah, um, Rat King is a maybe for tonight. So there's a key. Um, if he doesn't suit up, he must be really, really hurt. He's suiting um, up. There's no way he's not playing. You think that's a there's ploy? There's no you think that's a way ploy? he's not playing in an elimination game. That guy is just he's too determined to not go even out if like it's that. even if it's just to get a, even if it's just to get like every other shift and just yeah, go out and throw a couple hits and there's stir no some way shit he's up. not dressing speaking of dressing there's some guys that are going to have to um i thought everybody listening probably thought i was going to do like a salad like a salad dressing yeah, i'm really there. interested to see where you go Spe- with this one i even i'm like, like speaking uh, speaking of dressing this podcast is brought to you by hidden valley um, no, speaking of dressing, there's some guys that are going to need to hit a, uh, suit store, um, or a, a professional tailor. Uh, we have some new coaching hires. Um, I believe we touched on this last podcast. Maybe not. Um, Anaheim officially hired Greg Cronin, um, as their head coach. No, we didn't um, talk about this at all. After we didn't talk. Okay. So, um, Anaheim has hired Greg Cronin. Um, the, I think the, the gist of the coaching hires that we found out is Spencer and I are, are dog shit at picking who is going to become an NHL head coach because nobody on the list of 10 guys that we had from the last couple podcasts really got picked other than Spencer Carberry for the Capitals. Nobody saw Columbus fucking hiring Babcock. Um, that's just knocking foot still in my mind. But Anaheim has hired Greg Cronin, who after doing some research and listening to a lot of guys talk about him, he seems to be uh, or going to be a really, really good fit for that team. Um, and I found out um, through some sources that he is the type of guy that I said would be good for Anaheim in that he's going to have some pretty rigorous fitness testing and that that um, camp is going to be pretty tough for those guys, especially for those young guys, which I said would be a good thing for those kids. Um, so there's that aspect to it. Other than that, I 
I don't think me or anybody who, unless you're really involved in the minor league AHL system, knows too much about this guy. Yeah, so, yeah, for anyone who didn't know, I think he was the coach of the Colorado Eagles who... Yes, Colorado I think Eagles. they've, I mean, they've even won the AHL last year, if not the year before, and they've, they've bump, even bumped it up from the ECHL. So the, I think this was actually a really good hire that no one really was talking about. It was super off the radar and just a guy moving up the system who I think Anaheim's right in that sweet spot of they've drafted a few superstars, but they've also kind of developed these players who have probably gone through this system and played for this guy. So I think it's actually going to be a really good fit in that, in that system. Yeah, and a and a younger hire, like mm-hmm. we said. And for people listening, by by younger hire, we we mean we don't mean thirty years old, thirty five years old. We don't even mean thirty eight years old, forty years old. We mean like forty five to like fifty eight years old is a younger hire currently in the NHL. That's what the landscape of coaching looks like currently for the NHL. Um, yeah, because let's go to the opposite Jay, side of what other other got you know made official of the old man in New York getting hired. Yeah, yeah, it's and and by old men we mean guys in their in their late seventies, early seventies, late sixties who have been around a really really long time. I mean, the the only young young hire was like when Chicago hired Jeremy Colleton at like thirty three or whatever it was, which proved out to be okay but not great. So when we say young, we mean like forty to fifty seven, really. Um, so he he fits that he fits that category. Um, and then. Since you brought it up, it, it happened. You're you're mad, uh, but the New York Rangers did hire a older coach in Peter Laviolette, just like the Columbus Blue Jackets did with Mike Babcock, who's even older. Um, but they they did hire Laviolette, and I, I feel weird about this because I don't know why I'm so just eh with it because he's a good guy and he's never done anything wrong and he's never done anything. He's it's players have never came out and said he plays mind games and he's a prick to play for and all. Everyone loves him. Um, but again, he just falls into that older category of coach. And I think we, we as younger guys are getting excited that, you know, there's going to be some new innovation and it's like, okay, here we go. Just same old Laviolette systems. Yeah. I just, like you said, I don't have anything against the guy. It just, I I think his time has come and gone. I, I, when you look at New York, every time you hear, it's like, can they get the kid line going? Is he the guy to get the kid line going? I really absolutely don't think he's going to get – I mean, whether or not they're there in the new season with Capocacco and uh, Lafreniere, I don't think he's the coach to get those two guys going. So I just think it feels like a step back or a step in the wrong direction for that organization when I thought they were really starting to make some right, some good moves. I, I think – yeah, and I think um, we mentioned a lot of names that could that could actually been – well, I, I, I wonder who – here's what I want to know, and here's what they never really say. Who else interviewed? Yeah. That's what I want to know. You know what I mean? They never say who interviewed. They say who got it. I want to know who interviewed. Give me give me the list of guys who, who interviewed. And it, I, I fucking bet a lot of these teams interview one or two yeah. guys. I guarantee – I guarantee – I guarantee half these teams that fucking blow smoke up their fans' asses and go, we're going to really take our time and, and vet this process – their vetting process is probably blowing smoke up a coach's ass and fucking taking them to dinner and buying them drinks for seven weeks for one guy. And then they do it again for another guy. And sooner or later, it's been two and a half fucking months and they've only vetted two guys. Yeah. And here we are. And, he, and, and it's like, okay, now we actually have to make a decision when you could have just really had conversations with a, but I want to know how many teams actually talk to five, six, seven people. 
or how many teams are just interviewing two or three guys and what list they're going based off of. Because I'd be really interested to see who lost out on that New York job to LaViolette. What young guy, what young guy lost, what, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, it's who weird. Did he Again, not a bad I guy. Just, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. Not a bad, not a bad guy. I want it on record. Not a bad guy. Just, you know, same old, same old, same old. Well, the same thing old. is, what if is somebody would have said they hired oh. him for a GM position, I actually would have been okay with it. It's just, I don't, I don't, yeah, like yeah, front I don't office. necessarily think he needs to be behind a bench anymore. I think he's a brilliant hockey mind and is fine in a hockey organization. I just don't necessarily like him as a coach anymore. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just, yeah, I've, I've been watching him since I've been watching him coaching since I was Literally. a kid, you know. Um, what's not the same is the Flames have officially hired, um, Ryan Huska, who, who was exactly Ryan Huska. Um, he was one of their assistant coaches. Um, he is a first time NHL bench boss, so he's never been a head coach anywhere else. Um, he has, um, held head coaching positions in the WHL where he started, um, and then, uh, the AHL for Adirondack. Um, so he has, um, really, really good relationships with young guys, previously coaching guys that are 17, 18 years old, um, and then previously coaching guys who are, 19, 18, 20, 21, trying to get to the level above where he's currently coaching. So it's his job to kind of guide them there. Um, I, I'd say it's a good hire. Um, we don't, we don't know too much about him, but, um, everybody seems to be apparently, uh, pretty happy with that hire. Um, again, not on the list of guys that we had. And it wasn't like Spencer and I pulled that list of guys out of our ass. It was lists that we compiled from different sites, different sources, things like that who guys that were really, really being considered for these jobs, which is weird and why I would love to see who actually interviewed for what. Yeah. This just feels like a weird hire. And like this, this feels like a move you make when you fire a coach mid season, you just need an interim coach until someone else steps in. So I'm interested. I mean, he's going to have a very short leash. I have to imagine, you know, if he can't get that team going in the first half of the season, they try and bring in a bigger name that, that maybe doesn't get hired in this off season, but it just, it kind of felt like a weird hire from really off the radar. Yeah. Again, I want to know who Craig Conroy. Yeah. Who did, who did you, who did, who did you interview? I mean, but again, here's the flip side. He is that young. I think he's 47. He's that young coach that we're kind of, you know, looking for and excited for. So he could turn out to, to be a, a, a really good coach. Um, who's, Who's an example of, of somebody who was an assistant and then has like really kind of stuck? Burnett. Yeah. Yeah. But he, yeah. Burnett. I mean, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, look at that. Like, look at Andrew Burnett. But I mean, again, to time, my point, he, he stepped up in the interim because Quinville got fired. So it wasn't. That is yeah, also so true. It's kind of like a weird, weird thing where like assistants don't necessarily get promoted to head coaches at the beginning of the season. It's normally like in the middle of an interim thing. So it just. It feels like a weird move to make. Yeah, it does have it does have those feelings. I I I I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say he. But it, but here's the other here's the flip side of that. Not only does he know young players, he knows these young players. He's been behind the bench. He's not he's not inheriting a, a, a like the team is not inheriting a new coach. It just shows you how the much they is, hated it, Sutter too. It's like well the assistants were fine. We just needed yeah. him out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like fuck. They literally fired one yeah. guy. Everybody else. Normally stayed. they clean house. Um, I feel like it's like you know, coach and staff are out, and you know somebody comes in and brings in their whole new guy. Whereas this was just one guy in or one guy out and move everybody up. 
Yeah. Uh, other NHL news. Shane Doan uh, was hired as the assistant to the assistant general manager. I'm just kidding. The assistant general manager to Brad Tree Living in Toronto, um, which to me has even worse implications for the Coyotes organization um, because that was a guy who had yeah, he's on, on record as saying, saying, I am out of here. It, it, and he's also on record over the last three or four years as saying like, I want to be here and I want to help grow hockey here. And I want to be a part of this organization specifically, um, including being front and which he was. And now to have the news come out that Tempe voted no for the stadium to have the news come out that really nobody wants them. Um, the Suns don't want them. And that apparently that stadium is not compatible to, to hold ice hockey games, um, which, people who don't understand like you to hold an ice hockey game not only do you 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 need a very very sophisticated compressor like a bunch of different stuff that if the stadium doesn't have it it may not be in the best interest of the city or the owners to pay for all that shit um so there's all these aspects to them and and implications of them leaving even though gary bettman is saying they're doing everything they can to look at an option for them after the season of staying in arizona which Mason said Tucson, and that would just be fucking horrible. Yeah, there's no way. To have an NHL team in Tucson, Arizona. Um, he was half kidding. But also not. I think that's probably one of the areas I'm sure yeah, they, they would have it. to yeah, look I'm at. I'm sure they looked at it. Um, but I, I think, you know, it's great implications for Toronto, and I think it's going to do a, a lot of good things for their farm systems and their young guys and, and the guys that they bring up and down um, because he is going to give a lot of guidance to them. Um, and I think that means that Shane Doan, we are going to see sooner rather than later, be a general manager of an NHL team, whoever that may be. Also, flip side, really bad implications for the Coyotes. Yeah, that literally, that's what I was going to say. Great. That great was my pen. Mic drop. Absolutely great hire. I like that he's there. I think he's going to do great things. But like you just said, I think it's a short-term hire because I think we see him as a GM in like two years after this. I think he's going to learn so quickly. And I think the rotating carousel of kind of GMs right now, there's going to be a spot that opens up whether, yeah, whether or not it's Arizona and Arizona or whether or not it's Arizona and a new city, maybe he can step back into that organization, you know, step up as their GM. So, yeah, I think he's going to be a GM very, very quickly. I think it's a great hire for Toronto and for Shandon. I would not be surprised if it's a similar trajectory as like, like you said, He's he does this this season. He interviews for a bunch of jobs over the summer at before next season, and then it's like, yeah, he comes back and says it just wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right fit. You know, um, I'm gonna you know give it a and he's back in Toronto, and then it's the right time. It's the right fit. Boom, 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 boom. Here we go. Um, now, so, something we had some very big news today. Very big news today. It's not breaking news because it happened this morning, um, and everyone will know by the time this podcast drops. Um, but Ottawa, the Ottawa Senators have been purchased and it is really nobody fun. Um, but I think once people hear me break this down, it may make a lot of sense to them. No, it's not Ryan Reynolds. No, it's not the weekend. Yeah, it's not the weekend. No, it's not Snoop Dogg. It's not anybody. It's not any of the fun names that we discussed previously, but, but if it is new owner, Michael and Lauer, who owns 90% and operational control of the team. The Melnick daughters of late uh, late owner Eugene Melnick uh, retained 10% for the estate, 
um, but they don't have any say. They don't have any control over any of the decisions or anything like they that. Just they just keep the 10% money. Just for, just, they just keep the money of that, which is, I'm sure, 10% of what that team makes is a decent chunk of change. It's sold for a billion um, but dollars. 90, 10% of a billion dollars is a nice chunk of yeah, change. Yeah, $950 million, I think, exactly, Ooh. right? It was a little under a billion, which is I thought would be more. Wouldn't you expect it to be a little more? Not even a billion, huh? Maybe it's Canadian. <laughs> Oh fuck! Don't even get me going on that. I uh, who knows? I know. Okay, but so, but know. Michael Michael and Lauer. I think that makes sense with the value of an NHL team right now. Yeah, I guess uh, maybe yeah for that mm-hmm. team. Yeah, probably about right. But ninety percent in operational control, so he will be making um, all decisions as far as that is concerned. Here's where I want to kind of explain some things about him that to me is a boring um, board of approval but a good board of approval. He knows the game. Um, he's the previous co-owner of the Hamilton Bulldogs in the AHL. Um, he won the Calder Cup with them as an owner in 2007. He then sold them in 2015, and in the same year went and bought the Belleville Bulls of the OHL, and then won the OHL championship with the Belleville Bulls, and then sold them and bought shares in the Montreal Canadiens and as a board of governor or yeah, was like a board 10% of governor, or something. I assume, I, yeah, I would assume he has to relinquish he that. Does. Control, I, I did read that. that. He, had, yeah, of he interest. has to sell the 10% of his okay. Montreal Canadiens. Um, and then, so we, we go, we, we have a guy. Yes. It's not Ryan Reynolds. He's not a movie star who, who loves, loves hockey. I'm sure knows the game very well, but isn't, isn't a hot, like he's not a, he's not a hockey guy, right? Snoop, same thing. Wants to grow the game, has a lot of good intentions, has a lot of money. Not like a, not a, and I don't mean that in a negative way, right? But now you have a guy who's owned multiple hockey teams, multiple hockey teams, not only multiple hockey teams, but one of the bigger organizations in the AHL and one of the bigger organizations in the OHL and minor league Canadian hockey. And he won two champ, a championship with both teams, two total as an owner. So he's been around the game for a very long time, and he's got experience winning championships in the game at the professional level. He also has share and control, of, or or is on the board for the Montreal and has been for the Montreal Canadiens. So he's been around that type of environment as far as not just a guy with money buying a sports team. He's been a guy in the room at the seat of the table having decisions or at least having a say in a little bit of what's going on. So it, it, when you really break all that down, it's a very, very smart decision to have a guy who's been involved in the game and has, uh, has the pet, that kind of pedigree as far as winning as an owner to buy your franchise. Yeah, I know it's the smart sale versus the fun sale. I get it. He's definitely, but the guy's definitely putting his time. I think he's, you know, he's, he know, like you said, he knows the game, and I think in a in a market like Ottawa, I think that does fit a little better rather than kind of the flashy the flashy purchase of you know Snoop Dogg the weekend or Ryan Reynolds. Whereas you know this franchise is like like Tempe and or like Arizona, they're having struggles with stadium and whether or not that team is going to stay there and. I don't know if that's something one of those you know maybe higher profile buyers was going to do that you know ryan reynolds had committed to it but some of those others hadn't said whether or not it was going to be a team that stays in downtown ottawa 
Whereas that is part of this sale. This team cannot be moved and is going to get a new stadium in downtown. So I think that probably had a part that he was committed to that too. And he probably understands while that why that stadium needs to be built because he he's been in all these very very high class top end organizations and kind of knows what it takes to get those those franchises in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. And if you and so he this is where he gets his money from. Um, he's the CEO of Andlauer Healthcare Group. Now, anybody who's ever the CEO of a company with their own name in it usually has a shit ton of money. Um, that's a pretty that's a pretty good sign. Um, so what they do is it's, you know, I don't want to get too nerdy, um, but it, they do third party logistics and transportation for the, the healthcare sector, um, there. Um, so he's also owner, um, of Bulldog Capital Partners, which is, which is a Toronto based private equity merchant bank. So he's, he's, he's a money guy. He's, he's banking, um, healthcare. Um, so basically two of the biggest sectors and industries that make people money he has and owns and is ceos of um businesses and corporations in those within those sectors so that's where his money comes from so um obviously well over enough to purchase a team for a billion dollars because i would assume you can't just have a billion dollars i would assume you need to have well well over a billion um so that's where we're at the ottawa senators uh the bid is over it is it, it was not fun it was, it was, the bid was fun, but the hire ended up not being fun, not being what a lot of people wanted. But at the end of the day, nobody gives a fuck what you want because they're in it for the money. Um, and you are in it for the fun. Um, and if it were you, you would also not do what was fun. You would do what was going to fucking make you a shit ton of money as well. Speaking um, of, yeah, which is exactly, of, uh... yeah. So <laughs> let's just get there. We don't have too much. We don't have too much time left, but yeah, let's, let's, let's get this touch on it real quick. Speaking of making a shit ton of fucking money, um, the live guys on the live tour are absolutely loving life right now. Who gives a shit about whatever sanctions they're going to have to still have to face for what, whatever they are kicking their feet up, laughing at everybody right now. And, Fucking R- Ricky Fowler is so fucking mad. I would be if I turned down one hundred and fifty million dollars. Sure. If I turned down ninety million, a hundred million, because my asshole boss was like, "Just please, man, just trust, just trust, just trust." And, and they then just absolutely I goes say, okay. and becomes the golf czar of the entire world. He, how does he? How is he alive? How is how has somebody not killed him yet? And I don't. Uh, just, like Jesus Christ, people! I, how how are like how are people not outside of his house with fucking pitchforks and I don't fucking know. he might be the lanterns. biggest snake in all of sports right now. It's it. I don't think I've ever He's seen a piece this of shit. big of just an absolute reversal on your own words, like ever. Like he's. He's for literally six months, all he said was how we're just going to ban these guys. We don't want anything to do with it. We won't touch this money. So on and for, so forth to become the head of the now organization that oversees. That won't no, stay. Li- li- He's yeah, going to be gone. The, I think he, Jay Monahan and, but the other thing is, is Liv's done too is the weird part. I know. And I don't like that because to be it's honest fun. with you, no matter what, the the production was shit like being on the CW which wasn't their fault there was clearly a, some kind of monopoly to keep them from partnering with with whatever yeah. networks the PGA tour had um but i'm sorry i will not actually i'm not sorry i love watching a guy walk up to a fucking crazy ass par 3 
with Kodak Black going in the background that he chose to walk up to. It's like walk-up songs for fucking baseball. In shorts. And smoke, and in shorts, and Jordans, and smoke a hole in one. That is fucking fun. That is the definition of fun. And the other good thing about it is it's, they're good, they're it's some of the, it's still some of the best golfers in the world. It's Joaquin Neiman. It's fucking Mito Pereira. It's Phil. It's DJ. It's it's Brooks. It's Patrick Reed. It's guys that everyone said was washed were washed up just because they wanted to save face for some stupid ass shit that now makes them look like an asshole. These guys aren't washed. Yeah, look up. at the majors. Like look and, at the major scoreboards. These guys are all over the top tens for the past couple of majors. I don't. I I mean yeah, and they're happy. And they're happy, and I'm, and again, I'm sorry. I love what it's like, but then I have the, you have the, the everyone that's like, no, I don't want to watch golfers who look like me, and it's like I want to watch golfers who look like me, but don't play like yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. I, like why, why would I not? Like we, we let everybody else have style. Like, like hockey, hockey players can wear whatever kind of skates they want, whatever kind of gloves they want, as long as they match their team colors, which is what live basically is. But it's like, why does everyone have to be in pants? When it's a hundred and fucking ten degrees outside, yeah, it looks so silly. I hope. I mean, I, I'll be sad if I'll. That's yeah, the one I'll thing I'll miss. If, I'll, I'll miss the fun. I'll I miss like the, the funness team aspect, like the team events. I think that's really fun. I, I heard that staying. So I heard if that, that staying. does stay, I that there, will make me. There feel is going to be a team element. I, I did like that part of it. I, I like thought the teams. That was fun. I, so if there's maybe a couple yeah, tournaments like a year where they pick teams or have some sort of draft and do that, then sure, we can talk about that. But I, I think if. Live, yes, if that goes away, fine, whatever, we can all move on from that. But the actual, like, you know, soul of it, or, you know, I can't think of the word right now, but format, oh, sorry, words aren't my thing right now. Thanks, Ben. Um, but if, if we... <laughs> <laughs> fucking if we Reams. Can, you know, God damn it, Reams. You made me shit in a hole and I can't fucking If talk. we can keep the format of the team aspect of having that and kind of the fun party atmosphere of that, I think it will do good things for golf. And I think, I mean, live accomplished their goal in less, less than a year and a half of shaking up the game of golf. So let's see what it, it, it comes They win. They, yeah. they won. They cha- they, their goal was to change the game of golf, regardless of whatever that looked like for whatever person's different con everyone has a different connotation of changing the golf and what definition that is to yeah. them. So if that that was their goal, they did it. They changed the game. They came in and changed the game of golf. So it's wild to me that um yeah, it's just crazy. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Hot, hot take. Who are um, you taking on the US Open this weekend? Mm. I know Brooks is going to be up there just because I'm a fucking idiot. I'm a fucking, I'm a fucking idiot. Can you hear that? Can you hear that Mm -hmm. difference? You hear that difference? I'm a moron, an absolute moron. But um, for, for people listening now, all of a sudden at the end of the podcast, my mic sounds really, really good because I turned it around. Um, I'm a, (laughs) I'm a jackass. I would like to say, I would like to say Brooks, uh, Brooks is up there. Um, I, I, I hope it's a live guy. I hope it's a fucking live guy just to fucking put a cherry on this whole goddamn thing. That would be just fucking fantastic. Absolutely fantastic if it was a live guy. Yeah, I think the only um, the only downside I feel like the live guys have this time is the last major they played the week before, and I don't they didn't play the week before this one. But yeah, I like Brooks. I like Home. I wouldn't be. I, like I wouldn't be surprised. I like, but I like a John Rahm. I, w- I don't know. I, I also wouldn't be surprised if Rory's up there. P 
because even though he looks like an asshole, he does have kind of some middle fingers to, to put at some people yeah, right he's now. Got to, um, he's got something to kind he of needs prove. To, he needs to focus back on his golf. Yeah, he needs to have a big, he needs to have a big fuck you tournament. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if like, you know, I, Tommy Fleetwood, you know, coming off, you know, just a heartbreak, um, at the RBC losing on that sick ass fucking putt, um, which there's nothing you can do about that. It's like, even he was like, okay, well, fuck, what am I going to do? You know, um, I, I played the hole still pretty good. Um, and it just guys sinks a 75 fucking yeah. footer. So I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like, if it's like, uh, Rory, um, Scheffler, um, yeah, Scotty Scheffler, uh, really Fleetwood, quiet, like. yeah, Rory Scheffler, Fleetwood, Homa, Kepka, um, Man, is Patrick Reed playing? Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, I know it's gross, but it's yeah, kind of a sleeper. He, he it's kind of a sleeper. Um, <laughs> that's the one person everyone's fucking pissed that's coming back is fucking Patrick yeah. Reed. But, anyways, um, so here's how it will work I am leaving on a jet plane Friday morning. That's the. Yeah. Happening. You heard that? Yeah, but did you hear that voice just yeah, now? Yeah, I think we just lost some followers. Yeah, I've been called the songbird of my generation. Mm. Um, but anyways, I am out of here Friday morning, 6 a.m. Southwest flight to Atlanta. Got to get all my shit and then recheck it in at the international terminal. And then 2.25 p.m., I will be at Delta Atlanta to straight to Tel Aviv, Israel. Um, I will land at nine fifteen Saturday morning. Yeah, pal. Good luck. Try um, not to, you know, kick kicked out of the game or the country. I see. I have the A on the jersey this year, so I've got to. I think I've got to keep the not the physical part, but I got to keep the. Uh, which, to be honest, I, listen, all you all you guys playing in the league, Stinchy would like to just not be as physical. Fight him. So maybe if. Don't Fight do him. that. Punch him in See, the face. Don't do what's don't do what Spencer is saying. Um, and then A, that won't happen to you, um, because it would tenfold. And then B, I don't yeah, want to. If anybody to. needs to get <laughs> him don't. off his game, just start chirping him. He'll absolutely come back. I'm getting old. I'm get, I'm getting old. Look at my dog. She is on she was just on the fucking get off the nightstand. <laughs> Jesus. Um, anyways, so this is how it will work. Um, I uh, am taking all my stuff with me, podcast equipment, mics, everything. Um, I will be doing interviews with a lot of guys over there. Um, some round table discussions with a bunch of different guys. It'll be absolutely fucking insane and hilarious. You will love it. Spencer and I will work out a time zone difference, um, where he is just not on for six weeks. Um, so he will be on at least once or twice during that time. Um, maybe even on for an interview with one of the boys. Um, if not, we will, we will catch up from across the world. Um, we will figure that out at some point. I can't, I don't have a set schedule, so I don't fucking know who's getting interviewed what day, when, what's dropping. It's just all going to be random based on when I get out there, when I get settled, who's available, who wants to get interviewed. Um, yeah. Um, and then obviously, Spencer and I have to communicate a nine hour time difference um, and make that work with Wi-Fi and all that good shit um, because we still want to bring you a good quality product. Um, but that is how that will work. Uh, this will be, uh, hopefully this episode will drop has to because I leave Friday morning. So this episode will drop by Thursday, um, end of the day, Thursday at the latest, probably Thursday morning. And then Friday I am out. 
you will probably not get another episode, I would assume, till the end of next week sometime. Once I get there, actually, it may be sooner. Once I get there and get settled and figure things out, then we'll be coming coming with you. And everybody playing in the league, I love you. Do not fucking listen to Punch him in the face. Nothing nothing comes out of nothing that comes out of this man's mouth. He does not he does not know what he's talking about. He shits in holes. <laughs> so he cannot be he cannot be trusted. He cannot be trusted. Um, but that is the Flowscape Podcast, episode thirteen. Like, subscribe, follow, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. We appreciate all the support. Um, and this little Israeli adventure is gonna be fun and it's gonna be big for the pod. Um, so we're excited to bring you that kind of content. Uh Spencer, fucking TM high and let him fly. Safe baby. Travels, buddy. Later.